If the worst thing that happens to me is a wrestling match, I'm blessed. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredients. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the great David Carr, NCAA champion, four-time All-American for Iowa State. He was also a U-20 junior world champ. David's one of the best wrestlers in the NCAA game, and it was great to have him on the show. Fan of the week goes to our friend Wayne Tamola from Sterling Heights, Michigan. Wayne is the proud new owner of two Wrestling Changed My Life t-shirts. Thank you so much, Wayne. We appreciate it. And if you want to own a Wrestling Changed My Life tee, go to store.wrestlingchangedmylife.com. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great David Carr. David Carr, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm pumped to have you on, man. Big week for Iowa State. Big pickup this week. Excited yeah. about that? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Cody Chinum, he's a hardworking kid. Um, he just goes super hard too. He's a grinder. And so I'm excited to get him in the room and wrestle with him. And, uh, it's looking like, like a bright future for Iowa state. So I'm excited. New facility on the horizon as well. Yeah. New facility. It's looking fantastic. I was just talking to Dresher about it. Just so many cool little changes. Um, I think it's going to be, um, something that we need. I mean, we have a great facility already, but just some of that wrestling, you know, we're known for our great wrestling and tradition and legacy. So to have a great facility um, that we have access to uh, 24-7, it's just awesome. Can't wait to see it. And, man, you look at Iowa State, we're seeing the resurgence. Last year was an unbelievable year for the Cyclones. Dual ranking as high as number three, like conference win streak that was best all time at Iowa State. And I, I just think back to the national duels and, and Marcus Coleman and Brooks. Like there's just so much excitement in the year. Like, what's the change of culture been like since you've been at Iowa State now uh, about five years now, I guess? Yeah, when I first got here, um, it was a, it's completely different than how it is now. I think that, you know, we it took a while just to build up the guys who really wanted to win and that believed they could win. You know, at first, you know, it was first we had to get an All-American and, and really try to get on the podium. That was Jared Dagan. He kind of started us off. And then when I got in the lineup, I felt like a lot of guys um, started to really believe. And then winning a national title my freshman year, guys were like, hey, we can win here at Iowa State. 
Uh, we started to, we got a really good recruiting class, number two ranked, uh, with Casey Sutersky, Manny Rojas, um, MJ Gaetan, Ethan Perryman, all these super studs. Um, um, I'm forgetting a few other ones, but there's some really good guys in that class. And now we're getting um, Peyton Octoborn and Cody Chinum, some other guys coming up. So I think that Iowa State's heading in the right direction. The culture is we're willing to work hard and push the limits to what we can do. I think we can do some great things. So. Yeah, now it's going to be exciting. Casey Swiderski is one of my favorites. Guy goes out there, chip on the shoulder. You got you to gotta watch that guy at all times, and he's a lot of fun to watch. I don't know how Panero Johnson's only a freshman. I, I looked that up when I was getting ready this morning. It was like season in review for Iowa State, and it's like Panero Johnson, freshman. I'm like, what? That dude's so good. Yeah, no, it is crazy because Panero is – He's a freshman, but dude is he's so strong, so explosive. He's become very seasoned. He's learned um, you know, before he got to college, you know, maybe he'd struggle with getting tired or some other things, but he's focused on his nutrition, he's focused on his training, and he's someone that continues to grow every day. And he's also just a, a pretty funny guy. Like I like being around him. He's always positive and, yeah. and laugh. So it's a good it's good to have guys like that on your team. And you guys got younger Batista, like the, the passion that guy has. I mean, it just seems like a fun team dynamic right now. Yeah, no, this is, this is really fun. I think the one thing I enjoy about being at Iowa State is like, it's a family. So all of our guys, we always hang out. We're always together, always doing something. And uh, younger is one of my, one of my good friends on the team. He works extremely hard. Um, he's so positive. His outlook on life is amazing. He's so grateful for everything he has. And uh, I'm excited for the future for him because he's he's not going to stop working hard and he's ready to continue to grow. He's receiving like teacher awards, all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah. is it, it's cool to see that, man, because yeah, I don't know him at all. But everyone you hear from Cuba, it's like it's 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 rough. It's it can be very humble down there and not a lot of opportunities. So, man, pretty exciting. And it makes sense. I mean, you look back at the 2000s, the Cubans were one of the best teams in the world. You yeah. know, like. So many good guys. I mean, just and like if some of the you, even if you don't get the best guys, if you get like the two or three, bring them into Division One wrestling. That's an untapped market, and you know Dresser's gonna find him. Like he'll find anyone. Yeah, I think what's interesting about Dresser, he's he finds a way. He wants to win bad, and uh, he finds a way. He finds the right guys. He finds guys that fit into our culture, and uh, I mean it's just commitment and working hard. And I I like. Uh, younger he's just he has that commitment he works hard I think when he first got here it was a lot different than how they trained in Cuba but now that he's kind of he's learned English and he's here and he's trained he's he's enjoyed it a lot and uh Dresser does a good job of facilitating that growth and that learning yeah now was Dresser there when you signed yeah so I was Dresser's first class that he had recruited so anyone before me was just uh was was KJ so Marcus Coleman, Gomez, some of those guys had been recruited by KJ and came. And then when Coach Dresser and his staff came, uh, Metcalf, St. John, um, my they, my dad came as RTC. So those guys kind of stayed. And then my class was the first recruiting class that he had recruited. And then okay. my last year. So, Man, so it's been – it's crazy because – 
Dresser's entering his seventh year. So you've been there for six of the seven because his first year yeah. you were. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it seems like a long time, too. I mean, it, it does, you look back and I was put in some of your high school matches and I, I just you know, I took about a 10 year break from wrestling and just got back into it around 2017. So like I don't remember any of your high school matches, but it's like, man, so that's right around when Dresser got there. And it's isn't it crazy how how hard it is to have a consistent team in wrestling. I mean, you guys are one of the best teams and you finished 11th and that's the best you've done since 2013. It's like, that's how competitive the team race is. No, it's extremely competitive. And the NCAA tournament is crazy. It's this last NCAA tournament, I think was one of the craziest NCAA tournaments I've ever been a part of and also watched. And so uh, it's extremely hard. Like we had a great season as a dual team. We've had some great matches as a dual team, um, we've had some crazy duels where we bump people up. We've had some awesome wins. And then at the end of the year, it's really like, I mean, we had five guys in the blood round. I mean, if we if we get wow. a few wins in the blood round, that's huge points. We could be like top five, top four. So it's we're right on we're like right on that bubble of breaking through. And uh we're just now I think we're in the right spot. Um our coaches know what they need to do as far as getting the right guys at the right way. Um, they know what we need to work on. And uh, I think this is going to be a great year for us. It's going to be an interesting year just because of uh, just to see how much people are going to grow over the summer. And uh, so I'm excited to see, but we're right there. I think we're right there as a program and I'm always excited. I have always been trying to be a leader and have t big team goals and, uh, and, and our, our team has really improved a lot. And so I'm excited to see. I mean, as far as when I got here till now, I mean, we started off, I remember I came on a visit and uh, I was like, man, there just wasn't any depth in the room. There wasn't any like tough guys yet. And now it's like, holy cow, there's tough guys up and down the lineup. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun to watch because the great tradition of Iowa State and, and now, I mean, everyone's already talking about the Iowa, Iowa state duel, especially with Chittum. So like from now, and it's one of the first events of the year. So like, that's all we're going to hear about from now uh, through the beginning of the year. And, and you said the, the NCAA tournament, there's nothing like it. What's that Iowa, Iowa state duel like? That's also, I mean, one of the biggest rivalries in college wrestling. I think that the Iowa state, the Cyhawk duel is, is, I mean, everyone watches it. Everyone's tuning in because it's going to be fireworks. There's going to be, a little bit of bad blood. There's going to be a little chippiness. There's going to be um, maybe a little bit of trash talking by the coaches or by the athletes. It's really crazy. It's it's good for the sport of wrestling. It's entertaining. Um, and before the rivalry wasn't really there. I mean, I think it was, it was gone for a little while. And so now that Iowa State's become competitive, we've gotten all Americans, we've got national champions. It's starting to become a very competitive duel. And it's something that we always have circled on our calendar. And this year it's in Ames, right? Yeah. So this year's in Ames. And for my senior year, I'm really excited to put on for Iowa State and my last Cyhawk. And I'm excited to see how our team does. I know that we'll be ready and prepared. So I've never been to a dual meet in Ames. I'm putting it on the air now. I'm coming to that one. I'm going to fly in. I'll come up with my guy's stalemates. That's going to be a duel. Like, and that's early enough in the year where you still might get like, some decent weather. You could do a little tailgating. Like that's going to be a fun, fun duel. No, I'm really excited. That's one. That's one's going to be really great. It's going to be super hyped. I think that'd be a great one to come to. If you haven't been to a Cyhawk duel before, 
anyone, you got to come. I think it's going to be electric. Well, I went to the Iowa one this year and I was sitting in the press booth with my mom, actually, and your dad was right in front of me and he's doing the radio. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great to hear Mr. Carr when you're wrestling. But unfortunately, he went down to the bench. So I was like just dying to see his uh, his commentary because it's like, man, how cool is it that your dad's along the ride with you? I mean, is he out living in Ames? Yeah, so he's okay. in Ames. Ames. Um, so he came when I got to Iowa State, and he's been um, just a great encourager, motivator. Uh, my dad has a great um, mindset and great sense to, for the mental part of wrestling and also has a great uh, gauge for just technical areas of wrestling. And so he's been doing the radio, so he's been traveling, doing the radio with us. And during my matches, he's like – moves around so much and gets so like into the matches. He doesn't do the radio for my match. So he'll come down and just sit and watch. And, uh, and then after my match, he'll go back up and do the radio, but it's, uh, it's cool. Um, just him being a part of my journey, being a part of the ride. I've always, um, seen all the tapes of him in the robes and in the, the signet with the eye and just winning national titles at Iowa state. Um, so to be at Iowa state and to be able to wrestle for here has been super special for me. It's it's an unbelievable legacy, and it's just the fact that Quincy is your weight. Like, that doesn't – I don't – and, like, I was sitting next to someone. My brother was there, but it's someone else, and I think they were talking about it. I'm like, what are the chances that, you know, the great Kenny Monday and and, uh, and Nate Carr wrestled, you know, several, several high-level matches, NCAs and, and Big 12s, and then – literally like 20, 30 years later, their sons are wrestling in the NCAA. Was it the semis this year or the quarters? Yeah. Semis this year. Freaking crazy. It doesn't make like that is so the odds that had to happen for that to line up is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when we were younger, cause we went to like camps and stuff uh, together before and like we trained together. And I remember we'd always kind of joke around like, we were only in high school. We were just like, how crazy it would be if we wrestled? Because I think he was like a few weight classes lower than me. And then his older brother, Kennedy, was like more around my weight. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, maybe I'll wrestle Kennedy. And then I had redshirted and then Kennedy had graduated. And then Quincy, I think it was in the same, maybe a year ahead of me. But we were just different weight classes. And then, and then finally, um, we had an opportunity to wrestle at the – all-star and i was like oh we got to do that like we've always wanted to wrestle it'd be great for just a legacy match it's something that everyone would be excited for something that i've heard so many matches so many battles with kenny monday with my dad telling the stories how many crazy matches they had and i was like this is nuts like that was one of the they wrestled the nta finals twice it was one of the craziest matches ever i've gotten to watch the old tapes and so being able to wrestle quincy who's a great competitor who's super explosive and is very dynamic was exciting, you know, especially yeah. the NC. That's and it was in Oklahoma. I mean, that was nuts. And in like around words, there's just chaos. Lee gets pinned. Veto, unbelievable. Like the whole yeah. I'm getting I just got chills. Like that whole round was freaking crazy. And that that was you I mean, that was right in there. It's like, holy crap, here we go. I mean, like the legacy continues. And it's you said something earlier though that I was listening to your interview with wrestling mindset. And you just cued on it that your dad, obviously technically great, you know, knows everything there is to know about wrestling, Olympic bronze medalist. But you said he really helps you with the uh, with like the neck up. Was it the neck up reps? What's that? What do you? Neck. Yeah. So 
my dad is phenomenal when it comes to um, getting you ready for big matches, getting you mentally prepared. Um, so he calls it neck up reps. So everyone can do a thousand high crotches, a thousand single legs, a lot of reps, um, you know, underneath like drilling, lifting hard. But if you're not prepared when you're going into a big dual meet, a big match mentally, you have to do a thousand reps mentally uh, of positive, of reaffirming things up top, you're not going to be ready. And so my dad's always coached me up to be ready mentally. Um, I always have, I have, he's had these different techniques he's had me do like uh, that's this last year I had some sayings in my headgear. So like, I'll look at my headgear. I'll have some quotes, some things that maybe he had told me that I liked. And I'll just put it in my headgear. I'll look at it before I match, but there's all these little tricks and signals. to if you, when I got nervous, I could always just do. Um, and so he's always trained me to do that mentally getting focused, different things to, to lock in. And it's really made a big difference. And I I heard that even like when you're doing the singlet thing, is that like a cue for you? Yeah. So like when I pull down, so like usually when I get a little nervous or if I'm in a close match or something like that, I'll just, I'll pull down my singlet straps and my dad, that's like a cue to, okay, relax, lock back in, to focus back in in the moment, focus on moving your feet, focus on snapping the head, focus on the process rather than what if this happens? What if this happens? What like really when I do that, it's like to me, I'm like, all right lock back in, focus, go. And that's usually at the beginning of the match, and then maybe I'll do it once during the middle of the match. But it's just a quick, okay, lock in, just focus on the process. I love how you guys have a system in place. Like the, like you said, the reps. I mean, you you're, your dad's put a lot of thought into this, and you've been a product of it for many years. So is it something where, like there's a lot of high school wrestlers listening who their parents never wrestled, and you know they're always looking for an edge. So is this something where like during the, a regular week of practice, you'll do some meditation, you do some visualization? Like how do you get those reps in? So, um, so just like I work on technique and work on things wrestling wise. Um, when I was in high school, my dad would have me read like these books, these mental books, and then we'd go over it before practice. So now I'll just kind of read it on my own now, and then I'll come in. And he'll read some mental stuff, and then he'll come and tell me what he's learned. I'll tell him what I'm learning from the book I'm reading. Or he'll just have something like, hey, this is what we're going to focus on today. Hey, this is what to put yourself in a disadvantage here and then try to work your way out of it. I want you to try to think about this scenario, and then when you're at practice, put yourself there. Or he'll just have little challenges, or we'll just talk. Like So right before practice, to get those mental reps in. He'll have me, hey, today, just sit down and I want you to visualize like a big crowded atmosphere. You're in overtime. You're going, like visualize what that would feel like, what you would do, what's your mindset going to be when you get tired, when your legs are tired, when your arms are tired. How are you going to battle through that? So visualization, um, putting myself in the best scenarios and the worst scenarios in my mind and working through them. Um, those are a bunch of things that he kind of preaches and kind of does. And also my faith. My faith is a big part of um, who I am and as a as a competitor and as a person. So to me, wrestling is just something that I do. And my faith is something who I am. Uh, my faith in Jesus Christ, um, his death and resurrection. And so because of that, I don't put all my chips in one bag. I know that my identity is in Christ and so I can wrestle more free. And so that's something that also he kind of focuses on. Hey, um, wrestling doesn't define you. So you might as well so train hard and just wrestle free. Um, Jesus Christ defines you. And so that's something I focus on. And your dad's a pastor, right? Or was a pastor? Yeah. So he was a pastor. And so a lot of, 
a lot of the stuff he's he's sharing with me is like mental stuff and then he'll share some bible verses and some things like that and so i really enjoy that because it just makes me more relaxed makes me have more fun wow. he tries to make like having fun he's like you can you can wrestle so might as well have fun enjoy it smile you don't need to be like all like mean and focused all the time just be smiling and enjoy the process and know that the lord has blessed you with so many many talents and just go out there and do your thing that's awesome. I mean, just imagine you're in like February, the season's dragging a little bit and you know, maybe it's not dragging for you, but you have Nate Carr in your ear, pumping you up, getting you excited. And it's not just pump up, it's actual like technical reps of how you can get better. And I know visualization is something I use for this podcast, for the documentaries, even for my day job. It's so, it's so important to put yourself there first before you get there. Absolutely. Visualization is huge. And our coaches... Uh, Jester always says you got to visualize in color. You got to see yourself there before you get there. And uh, Metcalf, he has that same type of great energy, positive feel. And he's always um, believe he always believes in me and always coaches the same thing. It's like, hey, you got to be here for you. It might not be something super technical. It just might be what you were thinking in that match. And I think that's super big to realize. And so Metcalf, Dresser, my dad, St. John, they're always – kind of coaching me up mentally and then they're always working on the little things in wrestling to get me to another level. And it's just, that's kind of like the process that we always continue to go through. I'm so glad Metcalf's there because, you know, when Metcalf was at Iowa, he was one of the most scary, intimidating people ever. You didn't know what kind of personality he had. And that he actually was one of like, maybe like guest 70, like an early guest. And he had just gotten to Iowa state and it's like, Holy cow, this guy's awesome. He's like, it's not at all like the persona you maybe read about or saw about in college. And like, did you, like when you heard that Brett Metcalf was going to be your coach, did you know him before that? Like, were you a little intimidated? Like what, what was that process like? I'm not going to lie. I was not a Metcalf fan. <laughs> I was, I was not really a Metcalf fan just because I was like, I'd watched him in college and he was so like mad and tough all the time. I was like, man, I don't know about like this guy being my coach. I'm kind of, I'm goofy. I'm like laughing. I'm like messing around at practice a little bit and like laughing, making jokes. You know, when it's time to work and it's time to get serious, I definitely get serious. And, um, but I'm usually more like just more loose. And uh, so, and also my favorite wrestler was Jordan Oliver. And he would always beat Jordan Oliver at the World Team Trials and like beat him in all these matches going on. And they'd have some crazy battles, but Metcalf would usually win. And so I was like, man, this guy beats my favorite wrestler. He's never smiles. I was like, I don't know. And then I met him on my visit and he like comes up to me. He's like, Hey, like, what's up? He's all energy. He's energetic. He was like super friendly. I was like, Whoa, this is a lot different than how I thought he would be. And, uh, and then we kind of just clicked. I mean, he's just so positive. He has that mindset of like, do everything right. You got to work really hard. And that's why I like, you know, you want to, it's not easy to get to the being the best. You have to put in the work. There's no secret sauce there's no secret potion there's no secret recipe you just have to put in the work and that's what Metcalf kind of preaches and that's one thing I really like and he's just so positive too I like that about him yeah and it's like you learn more about him it's like he was a skater kid like kind of like a little bit of a rebel you know it's it's just so it just goes to show you man like whatever you know about someone externally from whatever until you really get to know him you don't know him and like anyone it's just it's just so interesting and he's the perfect example of that and are, is he still wrestling? Is he still putting the shoes on? Or is he, what's his role in practice? Oh, I mean, he, he runs a lot of practices, but we also, I mean, he'll put on the shoes and scrap. I like, 
I like uh, drilling and play wrestling with him a lot. Um, he's he's great to wrestle with because he hand fights hard and, and gives me a good different a lot of different feels that I need. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, so he's still wrestling around a lot, still still scrapping, and it's always fun. That dude, man, what a legend! And uh, you look at Fargo. I mean, no one's no one's done at Fargo what he did. Like that's just crazy. And so let's go back to your high school a little bit. I mean, everyone knows you come from the great family. Now set the, set the record straight here of your uncles. Nate Carr's your dad, Olympic bronze medals. Who else we got in the in the uncle tree there? Who was? Yeah, I always heard about Jimmy Carr was an Olympian. Like, so who who all wrestled in college? Well, we had our family has the still has the record for the most NCAA All Americans in a family. So like in one family, brothers most NCAA. NCAA double a division one all-americans so my uncle joe was an all-american um and i think he wrestled for the university of kentucky when they had a program mm -hmm. um, fletcher was all-american solomon was all-american my dad all-american that's champ and um uncle jimmy all-american so we had five and two olympians so my uncle jimmy made the olympic team at 17 my dad made an Olympic team later on after college. <laughs> he had two Olympians, five All Americans, and my dad was the only my dad was the only national champion. My other my uncles had gotten third a few times, fifth, had come close, um, but never won a national title. So my dad was the first to win a national title and then the second to make the Olympic team from my family. Jimmy Carr making the Olympic team at sixteen, seventeen, whatever it is, is like back then, like when Henry did it, you know, he was 20 something maybe 21 i mean that's just crazy to think about that it's nuts it's crazy um how great and how good he was and uh he passed away a few years ago but i remember just talking to him and the stories he would tell me and it was crazy it was just like he'd wrestle my dad he was like yeah you should just beat your dad up easy throw him around stuff <laughs> just kind of around and uh but my dad was just like he was unreal like grabbing him he was just he could do things you couldn't really think you could do. Like his flexibility, his explosiveness. He could go straight back and do some crazy throws. And so he was definitely um, a great talent. And when you're growing up, you're one of six. When did you start to realize that your dad was Nate Carr, the Olympic bronze medalist, the legend, all that? Well, um, I started wrestling super late. And I also didn't really know. My dad's so humble. And like, I, I just remember him just being a preacher for like, for these 11, 12 years and uh, kind of helping my brother out with wrestling a little bit. So I knew that some of my family had wrestled, but I didn't know how good my dad was. And so we went to Ohio to this club, uh, this place called Prodigy. I remember I was at like, my dad was like, hey, do you want to practice? I was like, yeah, I got wrestling shoes. So I just came and ran around. I would just do like the gymnastic stuff of the practice. I wouldn't actually do the technique. I would just watch. So I thought that part was a lot of fun. And one of the kids was like, how does it feel like your dad's so good? Like, I was like, my dad, is he? I was like, he's that good? And he was like telling me all my dad's stats. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, my dad literally, his like ch championship trophies and Olympic trophies were just in the garage, like underneath some like, <laughs> like, stuff. like he didn't even have it up. So I was just like, I, I grew up, I didn't even know how good he was until some kid had told me at like this wrestling camp. And I asked my dad, I was like, dad, you were like that good. I knew you were like good. Like I thought you were like state champ or something. But I didn't know you were like that good. And he was like, yeah, I'm all right. And that was his answer. Like, yeah, I'm all right. 
That was it. Dang. So I was like, he's just so humble. I just didn't really know. And then um, once I started getting into wrestling, I was like, all right, dad, you got all these moves. You got to start showing me these moves so I don't lose. So Yeah. Well, that, that was one of my, I couldn't wait to ask you this is <clears throat> five-time state champ. We all know the resume. Cadet World Bronze, Fargo champ. When you're, let's say like, eighth grade on seventh grade on when you know you're getting really really good and you're into this what's the routine like are you doing morning runs like are you working out with with your dad like what, what was your like daily routine like like throughout high school yeah so high school so my dad coached me in high school after my freshman year so freshman year i went to dayton christian uh ted bray coached me uh there's a great staff over there they helped me develop and then we moved to uh maslin perry where my dad was the head coach and then he coached me and then when i was at when I was at Maslin Perry, um, we had some great coaches who would come in and help me out. So Macklemore, um, Danny, just a lot of great coaches in that room. And so I'd come in in the morning before school. We had school super early. So school started at like 7.30. So wow. we'd come at 6. Me and one of my best friends, Kyle Gruber, in high school, we would like spar and do some technique with my dad in the morning and then go to school, get breakfast, go through the whole day, and then – regular practice and do regular practice workout and then afterwards we just stay after and just do like bike sprints and work on some mental stuff or he'll ask me like hey what did you struggle at in practice and i was like oh i got here a bunch but i didn't finish because he was doing this he's like okay grab this guy we're gonna work on this for 10 minutes and then i pretty much work on that area that i was struggling with and then be that and then the next day it kind of be the same thing I wouldn't go into morning practice every time, but mostly I'd be usually work on a lot of technique in the morning. And then afternoon, same thing. Hey, this guy took me down like this. One of the coaches did this to me. And he'd be like, all right. He'd grab someone, like, work on this, do this. We'd fix it, work on it. And then the next day, um, you know, maybe that person could take me down with that move or I'd get better at that finish. And then it was yeah. kind of, that was kind of the process. He'd kind of just ask me, like, hey, what happened here? You need to do this better or what, what do you feel in this position? Can you, do you feel like you can do that? And it's just an open dialogue after practice to like getting better. Just the fact that you're breaking it down like that, like, all right, what position did you get stuck at? And a lot of kids might not even be able to tell you, you know, cause it's wrestling. It's happening so fast or tired, but you're like breaking it down like that in high school. And you guys are just kind of going over it and, and fine tuning little details. I mean, that's that, those are, I bet you look back, those are some fun conversations, just hanging out, working on technique. Yeah, no, that was great. I always I enjoyed that. And also at the beginning of practice, my dad would start every practice with like mental instruction to the whole team. So a lot of stuff he was telling me, he'd tell the whole team, just instruction to the whole team. And uh and a lot of wrestlers got better. I mean, we had guys who didn't place the year before and then won the state title. Um when what? my dad No, for real. Amos Sunland never didn't place the next year won a state title, placed that super placed second at Super Two, second at Iron Man, like was just like went crazy and uh we had another kid that was like close to close to being quitting and being jv to winning districts and being state champions and like us getting second on the team and a lot of that was just like i think just because they were thinking the right things i think they didn't really believe in themselves and my dad kind of like i said just worked on that mental aspect of believing yourself and then he was just always open to like working on technique after practice it was just everyone a few people would always say after practice and be like I'm, I can't finish here or I can't do this. What, what can I do? And I think that mindset of growing, just being like, Hey, this is somewhere I'm need to get better at. How can I challenge myself to get better? And then sparring the situation until I figure it out. 
I you cannot put a premium on having people around you who are positive thinkers. Like so many kids, like probably well over the majority, don't really have that kind of positive belief in themselves. And unless you're around a mentor or you read a book or you see something, like you're never gonna really know like how much you're actually capable of. So it's like that's exciting to hear the whole team getting better. And I looked at your schedule. Your guys' schedule was ridiculous. Your high school schedule. I mean, yeah. Woo. We had we went to like super. I went super two, Iron Man, BCEs. Like all these three tournaments are one of the best tournaments in the country. Always had like I remember I wrestled Sasso one year. I remember I wrestled uh, Evan Wick. Um, I could go on. There was a bunch of for like, clear all- in that match of the Iron Man was crazy. And so I had like a lot of crazy matches in high school where I wrestled a lot of great guys um, at Iron Man Beast and. And then off season, we're going to Fargo cadet cadet trials and things like that. So I always had a lot of good wrestlers that I'd wrestle in high school that had done well. Now, how big of a difference is there from D three to D one in Ohio? Uh, I would say D one is like your Saint Eds. You're really tough. Like kind of there's like a lot of Wadsworth, a lot of great depth between like your state champion until always like fourth. Maybe those could be in, interchangeable between on the weight. I mean, it could be a different tournament. That guy might win. And then D3, there's always like a standout. There's always like one or two guys are kind of your standouts, and then everyone else probably isn't on their level. Or in Division One, there's like five or six guys who, if it if it went perfectly for that person, it could won, or maybe it's really close matches. So I think D3 is still really good. You're still going to have your really good, like one or two guys, three guys maybe if it's a deep weight. But Division One, I, I feel like there's just like just maybe four or five really good guys. Maybe they're ranked in the country, Fargo All Americans, um, place the Ironman, things like that. What's St. Paris Graham? They're Division Two, and they kind of run Division Two. Like there's other the good, show. there's other good teams in Division Two, but St. Paris Graham, they have the most state championships, the most state champs every year. They always were very dominant. Um, so okay. They, always did good they would they would challenge the division one teams and have duels with like saint eds and all these other good teams what's crazy when i realized <clears throat> you went to Maslin perry because i'm thinking slater brothers like i think of perry i'm thinking and then yeah. i i saw you guys went to the medina tournament and then i'm like all right metcalf slater had a crazy match at the medina tournament yeah, that tournament is huge that was like and teams from michigan teams from all over would come to that tournament so that tournament was always great i remember i think i wrestled a state like returning two times state champ state champ every year i wrestled there damn crazy and dom davis was you wrestled in high school like i was looking like these brackets are no joke yeah i had i had dom davis in the finals one year i think every year at state i had like the year they got my freshman year the kid i beat one state the next year the kid i wrestled the next year was dom davis and he was a returning state champion so we were both returning state champions so that was like wow. a big he was low-key smashing everybody he was just going every match. He was going and just throw the guy on his back, and then he the guy either get off or he pin him, and then the guy would get off his back. Then he duck an inside trip and pin him. He was just like doing that to everybody, and so everyone was like, "Oh, like there this is like a crazy hype match." I was like, "I was like, Dad, there's no way he's just gonna come in and duck an inside trip me or go do this," and it, and obviously it still works really well for him. His transitions, his throws, he's all American. But I just remember being like, "What the heck? How is he doing that so easily?" So I wrestled him. Um, I'm trying to think. I wrestled Jaden Max, who was was a top ranked wrestler, who was also a defending two time state champ. 
Um, so Dude, every is, year, is champ. Isn't it crazy how like there'll be like two time champs, three time champs who at the time are like, you know, right up there in, in the category of like like a David Carr or a Dom Demas. And then like you just never hear from them. It's just crazy how hard it is to go to that next level. No, it's nuts. I remember Metcalf was kind of saying like some of the guys where he was like, Man, I had some good matches, or these guys are really good, and then they didn't um do as well in college. But I think college is just such a it's it's really tough. It's really it's such a grind and uh it's crazy. You could see guys number one in the country and then they're they just never reach their goals in college and then fall off after like one or two years. But college is so different because of social life. There's so many things that play in the college. You're on your own. Um, you know, you might not fit with the team or coaches. There's a lot of things. And let's talk a little bit about your U17 cadet stuff because, you know, the U17 Nationals just happened and you watch that tournament and it's just mind-blowing that round of 32. Like some of these rounds are brutal and these guys are so good. Who did you have to beat to make the uh, the cadet world teams when you when you went? I wrestled. So to make the cadet world team, I remember I had to get through like Nelson Brands in the, in the quarters. I had to wrestle Bronicle. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember which Bronicle I wrestled. I had to wrestle a few, a lot of good guys that are probably all Americans now. And then I remember in the finals, I wrestled Joe Lee. Um, he's from Indiana. He goes, he wrestled at Penn State. So I wrestled him. Um, best two out of three to make the team. And I remember not that year, but the year before I'd gotten second, I lost to Brady Burge. And then Spencer Lee and, and Dayton Fix wrestled at Cadets in the finals. And Vito and Yanni wrestled at Cadets in the finals. And <laughs> it was like, and then it was like Roman Bravo Young and oh, I'm trying to think. Roman might have been the next year. But the finals, like if you go back, go back and look at the Cadet finals, there's all these superstars like Vito and Yanni. Uh, Travis Whitlake was was super good. He wrestled um, a bunch of good guys. Like my team, my cadet team is crazy. There's like at least five or six national champs. Gable Stevenson, um, Yanni, Vito, Roman, me. Uh, who else? There's some, and then there's some All Americans in there. Travis Whitlake. What's like, Dexter Lee? What's that? Didn't fix oh, yeah. Beatley that year? That year, fix, fix, fix. The year before, fix was on the team, and then he had won juniors and made the junior team. So then he wasn't on the cadet team. So that was the year before I didn't make the team. But just remembering those two years I went cadets was like crazy. And then uh, there's one that, like Kurt McHenry. Like there was a that 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 whole team was insane. Like six national champions, multiple All Americans on there. So I remember just being like, man, that cadet team is crazy. And was that when you went to Tbilisi or was that this, another year? That's when, yeah, Tbilisi, Georgia. And I had gotten bronze. Vito got silver. Yanni won two cadet world titles. Gable Stevenson won two cadet world titles. Kirk McHenry won a cadet world title. Uh, that was a really, really great team. I think Travis Willey got bronze. That was really good. I think Jacob Warner got bronze. So, yeah, there's another one, Jacob Warner. Jacob Warner was really good. He was on that team, too. So that whole team was just insane. We bring home the team title that year? We got second to Russia by, like, one yeah. point. And our team, was, our team was crazy good. That's As you were listening to that team, I was like, I'm going to ask how they did. I'm like, I, man, I hope Russia or Iran didn't still get them because, like, 
there's not a better group of U17 wrestlers in the country than that team. Like, that's freaking crazy. No, that team was nuts. Being on that team was crazy. And then even, even so we got second that year. And then we had, and my junior world, I made the junior world team. And our team was loaded on the junior world team too, but we also got second. Like, we had Travis Whitlake, Aaron Brooks, me, uh, what's his name? Well, my roommate on that trip. Um, I'm forgetting his name. South Dakota State, uh, 97 finals. Franick? No, 97. Um, finals. Carlson? I don't know. I can't think right now. Oh, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. I feel bad. We'll I cut that bad. part out. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. we'll, cut, we'll cut that part out. Yeah. I just know, like, that team, that whole team was uh, – was really good. That junior world team was really good. And we got second there too. So, but there's a lot of like great talent on that team. I mean, it's gotta be cool if you're like a, an old school Russian coach, you go to the junior worlds and, you know, obviously you remember the name of the Nate Carr name and, you know, Jimmy Carr. And then like 20 years later, his son's wrestling for team USA. And it's like, man, that's, that's powerful. And it, it leads to a good question as 2019, you win the U 20 world championships. I remember watching it. National champ as a freshman, you know, outside of the COVID year. What, what, what's more impactful for you? What's more of just like one of the craziest moments of your life? Winning that first NCAA or winning that first junior? I would say the NCAA championship was definitely impactful in a different way. And I think the junior world title kind of just showed me that I can I can be really good. It, it just showed me that like I can go in win a national title um, because I had seen so many like Mark Hall was junior world champion, all these junior Dayton Fix, all these guys who were like junior world champions were on the caliber of winning a national title or, or in the finals or right there being like the top three or top two guy. So I, in my mind, and there's no guarantee, but in my mind, when I had won the junior world championship, I was like, I'm, I'm right there. I'm good enough. If I can win a junior world championship against some of the best guys in the world at each one, like these guys are, some of the guys that had wrestled the next year were at the world championship, the senior world championships and meddling and wrestling like close matches with some of the best guys at the senior level. So I was like, Whoa, like these guys, the next year just did all that. Like I'm right there with, uh, with those guys. And so my goal, and one, part of my goals is like, I wanted to make every age group world championship team. So like cadets, U17, uh, U20 juniors. I just, I wrestled the U23 uh, world championships last, this past summer. And I just wanted to continue to keep progressing up and continue getting better and getting that competition. Wrestling overseas is a great experience. Yeah. So I was world championship was huge for me just because it was like, okay, like that was a goal of mine. I was able to accomplish it, accomplish it. And I think that puts me in an area where I'm right there. Like if I just continue to keep getting better, I think I can win a national title as a freshman. Cause that was, that was before the, uh, your first, your first uh, NCAA title. Now, We've had guys on like Stephen Abbas is coming to mind. He's like, listen, the worlds are great. And I love freestyle more than folk style. He's like, but there's nothing like the NCAA tournament. Can you relate to that? Yeah, no, for sure. The NCAA tournament. Um, and I, I got to experience it really in full effect this year and the year before COVID. It was kind of weird. Cause we didn't have fans really. Like we had like just a little small, oh, yeah. but when I had won it, it was still really cool and the matches, the matches were crazy, but it wasn't like the, it wasn't had a lot of fans. It was like just a few fans and then um, your family and some reporters and things like that. 
And then, yeah, last year, then this year, I mean, oof, I mean crazy. And, and I'd be remiss if we didn't at least hit on the epic rivalry that you and O'Toole developed this year and, and just how courageous you guys were out there wrestling. Let me ask you this. The first time you wrestled him in that dual meet, what, what did he feel like? What was his style like? So I, I hadn't really wrestled him before. I think I had wrestled him in a practice before a long time ago. So I, I was very interested to see how uh, he felt. You know, he has di- a bunch of different snaps and drags and things like that. So being in there, wrestling with him, getting a feel – uh, was really good, and I learned a lot from just seeing how he did react to certain positions. Um, yeah, I don't know. He definitely has an interesting feel. Your ability to finish quick, you know, everyone talks about it. That That is, against a scrambler, even, even more impactful. So when you're going into a match like that, and it doesn't have to be Keegan, it could be anyone, do you know in your head, these are my top three attacks, or are you just kind of feeling it and seeing what comes to you? I mean, I have my, I have like my favorite attacks that I hit, but I kind of just, whatever I feel at the moment that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, from that point, it's just trying to finish fast, especially against someone you can scramble and stuff. But I, I definitely think that wrestling and preparing for Keegan, I, I feel like I'm confident in my scrambling ability and I have a lot of different areas I feel good in. And but I feel like no one really gets to see that. So I was kind of talking. My coaches are like, my coaches are like, you can you can scramble. You're a really good scrambler. You have all these. You have different abilities. I just for some reason I just don't get into a bunch of scrambles or these crazy you know highlight scrambles or crazy stuff like that in my matches. But I do have a high level ability of scrambling, and I have high level ability of defense and reattacks. And those are also things that I don't feel like people get to see that much. So. What about the writing? That was surprising to everyone. Not that it was that you can write, but just like you made it a point to do it. And that was like, wow, this is a whole new David Carr we're seeing. Well, the I think the the option to trying to ride him was like he he's like really good on top as well and he rides a lot of guys. But that was some, that's an area that I feel pretty strong at as well. I, like I feel like that's something that St. John um really helped me out with of um getting good on top. And so yeah, that was a that was a big part of the match. I think that was huge. Um, just getting that being able to hold him down and uh ride him out for the rest of the match. And enemy territory. It's and it was kind of like random. It was like a Wednesday duel, and like the, basically the duel season was over. I mean, and that just shows Coach Dresser, that schedule is no joke. But that schedule is ridiculous that Iowa State runs through. And like again, it's like a win, it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday, and basically the duel season's over. And you guys are going right at it. I just can't tell you how much we all appreciate that. And also another stat I found, you wrestled in 19 of 19 duels this year. And that is just a, that's a salute, brother, because we don't see that enough and we need more of it. Now, going into match two, match two, what was different for you in that match versus the first one? So match two, I got a feel for him. I kind of understood, um, uh, his match management, his pace, um, his drags, his swim, swim high crotch, some of his techniques I kind of got in a feel for. And so going to the next match, I was just more of just, okay, I know what I need to do. I'm going to focus more on what I need to do and not really worried about what he's going to do and just wrestle. Just put myself in wrestling positions, see what happens, just wrestle. Um, and so, yeah. And I and it was at Tulsa, like the Big 12 championships were at Tulsa. And then Nationals were at Tulsa. So we like went there, went back, and then went back. So I like that 
the way that the Big 12s is set up, it's kind of like a mini nationals. You run out on a red carpet or a green one, and you kind of rust like the stage, the set is similar. It gives you kind of a cool feel. Yeah. And it's the way that match ended electricity. I mean, that is, that is one of the craziest endings I've ever seen. I didn't rewatch it this morning, but if I remember correctly, it would end it in a pen, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, it was an overtime. I was looking for a takedown and I don't even remember. I think I just remember it ended up getting to a cradle from the single leg and then I'd roll them through uh, to get the pen. Wow. Was it odd for you to like, so, so game plan for one person over like the last four weeks, or were you guys trying not to game plan just for Keegan? Cause it was like basically a three week period and you wrestled all three of these matches. Yeah. So I wrestled, yeah, we had wrestled a bunch in like a sprint amount of time. It would been interesting if we would have wrestled in the beginning of the season, middle, and then at yeah. the end. We wrestled in like just a quick, so we had to keep making quick adjustments and quick things that our, my coaching staff had saw and like things that they were just like, hey, be aware of this. Make sure you're being aware of this. Make sure you keep doing this. And so a bunch of quick adjustments and then Nationals was just right around the corner. And then I was like, all right, one match at a time. And then yeah. once again, we'll just have to go back over what we had worked on. It's almost like a prolonged Olympic trial finals because you guys wrestled three times in a call it four weeks and you guys are so high level. You know, it's going to come down to you two. And so I had to imagine like your other, your freshman year when you win and even your sophomore year when you got third, it wasn't like there was one guy who you're gaming for all year. And this just kind of came up at the end of the year. And it's like it, it's had to be a different experience just to focus on one person so much. Yeah, I mean, I try to I mean, the weight class is so deep. I try not to put too much emphasis and focus on Keegan O'Toole. I kind of just – that was just a match that I knew when I moved up to 65 that I was looking forward to the most because of his style. And so um, – and because he presents uh, a lot of different problems for people. So that was definitely a match that I had circled and definitely have a match I'd look forward to. But I definitely respected a lot of the other competitors at sure. the weight. And uh, like I said, Quincy Monday, um, Dina Mitty, all these other guys, they're tough. So – Jane Griffith, Jane Griffith, national champion. Like I said, the weight class, I could go on just from the top eight. All those guys are all very good wrestlers. So yeah, I, um, I definitely respected them as well and knew what they had to offer. I just knew that when I'm training and it's late and I'm working hard, I know I have one person in the back of my head and that's a tool and, uh, have one more year and we'll have some more battles. But that was definitely, he was definitely a person that pushed me a lot this year. Potentially three more matches. We we could be so lucky as wrestling fans. Now, the way you handle the match just speaks to why you're, you know, one of the premier wrestlers of our time and just a role model for everyone. It's like you went back to something you said earlier, and I've, I've heard Aaron Brooks say this. I've heard Snyder say this. Wrestling doesn't define you. Um, so take us through like Sunday morning, you're in Tulsa, you're waking up. How are you processing that loss and how are you moving forward? Yeah. I mean, if the worst thing that happens to me is a wrestling match, I'm blessed to lose a wrestling match. You know, it's, it's a sport and you know, you put a lot into it, but at, just, at the end of the day, it's just, you got to look at it objectively. As my dad says, and look at the areas you can get better in. Um, what were the things that you were thinking evaluating that and then at the end of the day just being like all right i can't change it now i can only get better and adversity you know weakens the weak and shifts the strong so i've i've found a lot of peace 
afterwards that, hey, I worked extremely hard. Um, the match didn't go my way. There's some things I should work on, things I can get better at. But ultimately, grateful for the season I had, grateful for uh, a good competitor to push me. Um, that's the reason I, I came up to the way to get pushed, um, and I got pushed, and excited for the future. And so, Amen. yeah. Amen, man. It's it's uh it's so awesome to have you up at sixty five. I was gonna ask you, one fifty seven was that it was that a tough pull at the end there? I will say that was one of the more brutal cuts that I had to make. I fifty seven just yeah, that was a really hard cut. So, like, uh, I think like, I managed pretty well, but it just started to get pretty pretty tough. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just gonna say that Thursday night, lot two years ago when you were upset. Like you have, you know, you have to come back and make weight and you come back like a champion and get third. But that night, that was a Thursday night. Yeah. That cut that night must've been, re oof, that's probably got to be one of the worst ones. Yeah. That was probably, that was probably the worst day. One of the worst days in wrestling I've probably ever had is probably that Thursday night trying to, I don't know. That was a lot of, I didn't even want to lose weight. I was just so like out of it. It was just crazy. Night day difference from after losing to O'Toole to losing to the Oregon State guy? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had, I think another thing is, like, I feel like I feel so grounded in my faith and who I am as a person, my identity. I know no matter what someone says or what people think, I know who I am in Christ. And so it's not really a big deal. I think I was definitely strong in my faith, but and I think that was just a, a big test from the Lord to see let me see how you're going to respond to this. Like you say, you trust me. You say you trust in the Lord. Now let's see how much you trust me. Mm -hmm. let's, see, let's see if you can go back to your hotel room, lose your weight. Let's see if you can handle this the right way. And, uh, and that was, that was a blessing because I think it made me a lot tougher. I realized a lot of things about myself and uh, this, the match losing, losing in the finals. It, it sucks. But like I said, Losing a wrestling match isn't the end of the world. It's just something that you got to get through and get better at. Well, it's it's a great perspective, and I'm so glad that the wrestling champions of this era are not the people who are saying if you lose a match, it's like a death in the family. It's like it's not even not even no. close to the same thing. It's ridiculous. No, it's, I know it's not to me. It's not that big a deal. I mean, I I like I said, I I take wrestling extremely serious. I take my matches serious. It's just wrestling's not all of me. I have, um, my family, my faith, those are more things that I kind of focus on and, and continue to build as a person. And, uh, I enjoy, um, pushing myself and competing for sure, but it's definitely not life or death. It's definitely not all or nothing. It's just, it, it's a match. Like it's, it's a wrestling match. So it's a sport. So. Well, it's a, it's like I said, it's an awesome approach that you have. And a lot of, it seems like a lot of these champions now, and you guys all seem to be friends. And as you, as it's obvious, cause you came up on world teams together and it's like, we're, we're witnessing a great era of, of young guys coming up and you know, there's a lot of winning left for David Carr, man. So we're so excited to watch you this upcoming year and to watch the cyclones and, and then, you know, hopefully on the freestyle scene for many years, LA 28 coming up and, uh, are you going to, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you see yourself making a run at, at 24 or are you going to wait and just do only college and then kind of refocus on freestyle? I think I'm a, I mean, I'm definitely going to make a run for 24, but I'm just going to, I'll wrestle the college season and uh, just kind of prepare 
I mean, I'll try to do a little freestyle throughout the throughout that year and try to just prepare. I guess. Are you already qualified for the twenty four trials? Uh, I don't know the qualifications. I might have to qualify at like a qualifier and then wrestle the trials. Because the U.S. I'll... opens in December next year, which is interesting. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's why I was asking. I was like, are you going to stop midway, go to the U.S. Open, get yourself qualified, and then go back into folk? Well, I'm not sure because it's so weird. I don't know how they're going to do it next year because in the past years, if you're like a national champion or top three, you qualify for the Olympic yeah. trial. Uh, if they're not doing that anymore, I'll probably have to wrestle in December at the Open. I don't really know what they're doing yet, so I'm sure my coaches will let me know what, how yeah. the best qualify, last chance qualifier. I don't really know. Um, I'll kind of just, they'll just let me know and I'll be wherever I need to be. Love it, man. Well, like you, like I said, best of luck to you as you finish out your season. It's been awesome to see the resurgence of Iowa state. And I know you've been a huge part of that and yeah, man, it's great to have you on and thank you very much for your time. Any last words before we sign off, David? I appreciate you having me on. Um, I just want to say I've always enjoyed your podcast. I've listened to them. I listen to so many great interviews, so many great podcasts. And uh, that's something I kind of do. I'm like working out or on my downtime. If I'm flying somewhere, I'll download a few episodes and then listen. So I've learned a lot from the people that you've talked to. Um, you always have a great insight and questions. So I've enjoyed uh, listening over, over the years. So thanks for having me on. It's been an honor. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Best of luck to you and have a great day, my friend. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. If you enjoy this show, we want to hear from you. So leave us a review on Apple Podcast and subscribe to the show. If you want to watch video clips from this interview, go to our YouTube page, Wrestling Changed My Life. And to support the podcast, please buy our merch at store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!